Costs to originate keep rising, even with more technology in the industry. The problem is the core platform. A new LOS can re-architect the process around data, not humans moving paper files. Vesta has built this LOS, and you can learn more at Vesta.com. Welcome, everyone. Today, I'm joined by lead analyst Logan Motoshami to talk about the Fed and what their latest actions mean for the housing industry. First, here's a word from our sponsor. From first-time and non-traditional home buyers to those needing a jumbo loan for a second home, Finance of America Mortgage and their skilled, award-winning mortgage advisors have helped over 450,000 customers since 2015. Finance of America Mortgage is licensed to lend in all 50 states, plus Washington, D.C., Puerto Rico, and the U.S. Virgin Islands, and backed by best-in-class lending technology with a wide range of innovative and proprietary mortgage products. They're prepared to help borrowers find loans that meet their needs. Want to join an award-winning team and elevate your business? Visit www.joinfamtoday.com forward slash housing wire to learn more. Finance of America Mortgage LLC is licensed nationwide. Equal housing opportunity. NMLS ID number 1071. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Equal opportunity employer. Logan, welcome back to the podcast. It is wonderful to be here, Sarah. Lots of things happening in housing. So many things happening in housing. Okay, we have to talk about the Fed. Last time we talked, we were it was right before the Fed made their announcement. Let's talk about what they actually said and what you got out of what they said. Well, thankfully, somebody finally asked them the question, what does the housing reset mean? Chairman Powell basically talked about the housing needs a correction. So we've gone from reset to correction. Didn't give any specifics, but he's talked about something that we've talked about here, a a supply and demand, a rebalancing uh, of the marketplace. Because again, they saw what everybody saw. Inventory was so low, home prices escalated out of control. They wanted some balance. Of course, for myself, I always give numbers to show, you know, what do I think is normal and what do I think is a savagely unhealthy housing market? Again, there's parts of the U.S. that are already out of a savagely unhealthy housing market. But in in this context, you know, I, I look at what the Federal Reserve was saying, and it's really just very simple. You know, we need people to lose jobs and we need people to lose jobs so we can make the labor market better. That's kind of what I what I was getting off. So we really had these very long expansions when inflation growth was low. But now too many people are working, wages are going up, and we have to do something about that. Right? So they're kind of forecasting unemployment rates to, you know, from the from the bottom of 2023, let's say 3.5% is the low. And we go up to 4.4%. That's a recession, right? That's a job loss recession. I know that they some might, might think the labor force will bring some people back and the unemployment rate will rise by itself just for more people looking. But uh, if that's not the case, that's a recession. And at that point, you know, uh, the cycle's already broken. You know, it, it it's starting to sound sloppy, I would say, with the Federal Reserve. Uh, you know, to say that we need to strengthen the labor market by firing people. Uh, we need the economy to be be better by people spending less. And it's getting harder and harder for people to actually, you know, get 
get people to be convinced about that. And I think that's really some of the issues that some people are thinking, okay, so you, you hike interest rates. <clears throat> My cost as a consumer is going to go up. I will spend less. And if you said it just that way, but when they're talking about higher unemployment rates, they're really talking about, well, we need to make it easier for people to hire people and pay less for them or keep the wage growth from going out of control. I think that's that's their big fear about wages. It just comes off at this point too rough, too sloppy. Uh, and for housing, you know, we just we were looking at the newest data. It's new listings are now down 20% year over year. The inventory data fell in the last existing home sales report. Uh, and now active listings are starting to come down to negative year over year. So the notion that we're going to try to make housing affordable by having the biggest housing inflationary event and not really, you know, being so constructive on what, what we're, when are we going to stop hiking or, or, you know, they gave you an idea, but when are, what, what is good enough for us? It, it's now starting to look sloppy in that sense. I think if they gave firm numbers, then people have something to work off of. But, you know, the strong dollar is just causing so much chaos around the world that they they don't care. And and I I basically tweeted out, they don't bleepity bleep a bleep <laughs> about economic data. They want people to lose their jobs and they put it in their forecasts. And until that happens, they're going to believe that at this point, more rate hikes might be needed. So it, it becomes it, it becomes not a very efficient uh, talking point at this stage because you've done so much already. And now you're just leaning on, well, we just need people to lose their jobs and then our jobs will become easier and we'll make the labor market better. And I think when, when Powell talked about we talk to a lot of low-income households, and they say that inflation is their biggest problem. We're going to cut it down. Okay. There's a certain point to where the interest rate hikes, the credit card interest charge, those things become more detrimental to those households. So we're, we're at that stage to where they need to be a little bit more efficient in their talking points because it, they sound like, to me, a bunch of nerds who got bullied by Wall Street and they want to try to bully back. And they just, they're just not very versed in this kind of talking. So it makes them sound a little bit, you know, not sensitive, even though Powell says, you know, I wish there was a painless way. Um, but you're going to have to lose your job. <laughs> and I just, you know, the labor market is so different now because jobless claims are coming back down again that there needs to be a little bit more creative talking points of them at this point you know it's different from last year where last year they had a lot of rate hikes to go to get to somewhere neutral for them but now it starts to get uh confusing for people there is so much to unpack here so so first off i want to ask you when he said a correction and you're right someone uh we were really happy that i think uh it was a cnn reporter i'm not sure asked him about a reset housing reset and what he meant by that, then he used the language correction. In your mind, to me, a correction is more negative than a reset. Like it's, it's stricter. Uh, you know, it, it's still a very nebulous term, but what did, what did you think when he said correction? 
housing went into a recession very early. And again, a recession is production down, incomes down, jobs down, uh, uh, sales down. So that, that's where we're already there. A correction, if he's talking about prices, then he needs to give, like we do this, we give inventory levels. We say, if we could just get back to 1.52 to 1.93 million, then we're back to some kind of normal inventory channel that we've had in the past. Okay, that's, that's the, the, the nation gets off the savagely unhealthy housing market. Um, he doesn't say that. And to, to me, if you don't give kind of, if you, if you open Pandora's box with saying the word housing reset, and then you open it again with, by saying corrections, you know, you, you should give numbers so people could work off her. Because now, honestly, with the new listings data falling as much, there are home sellers who are just basically telling Powell, hey, off, you know, bleep off. I'm not selling. You think I'm going to buy with this much housing inflation? Are you kidding me? So there comes a point to become where advantage becomes a disadvantage. And uh, uh, I, I would love to talk to Fed members, you know, and just to get some kind of where, where in the housing discussion, where are you at? If you said, listen, we want home prices to fall 25%. Okay, fair. That's what they want, right? But they're they're being very vague because housing, since housing is already in a recession, we're not, you know, kind of in that. What else? What else is left? It has to be prices, right? So he talks about supply and demand uh, imbalances. Well, inventory. The last existing home sales report after one of the biggest sales declines is below 1.3 million still. So we're not kind of back to anywhere normal. So I I I think there's going to be more more pressure on them to really start explaining at this point where we're going. Uh, and of course, some people just say there's there's only 1% Fed, Fed rate hikes, 1% to 1.5% Fed rate hikes left, and they're just going to leave it there. And to me, it's the labor market. When the labor market turns, I think they turn with it. Um, but it, it is interesting that finally we got some verbiage out of him. And the first thing he did is made it more confusing. You know, because uh, uh, if they're my, my my contention with, I guess, maybe some Wall Street analysts or some Federal Reserve analysts, if they're looking for inventory to really increase in a big fashion uh, because they feel sales will go down to X levels and in inventory, whoever wrote any kind of sales to inventory models, it, it did not work this year. Right. It, it simply did not work. Uh, so it's going to take time. Like we always talked about, you know, the, you know, we can get to 2019 inventory nationally, but it takes most likely two years of, of weakness. If they said something to that nature, it'll be a little bit more, you know, people will get it, but I feel that they made, they made some things more confusing. They did talk about, they're not going to sell mortgage backed securities. I think what for them, the mortgage backed securities discussion was always a threat. They want higher rates, and if when rates went lower to them, they did not they they did not like that one bit. The very last thing they want Americans to do are buy homes, and have the stock markets go up, or people being employed and wages grow. So these are things that the Federal Reserve is adamant against. You can't have wages grow, you can't be employed, you can't buy a house, and we can't have stocks rally. These things are not acceptable under this Federal Reserve mandate, single mandate now, not a dual mandate anymore, a single mandate. So we'll see how that plays out. But if I was the Fed, I would be 
so frustrated with the total inventory data in America and the fact that American citizens are looking at the Federal Reserve and go, oh, I'm sorry. Did I ruin your plan? I just took my home off the market because I don't feel like I want to pay this much for a house. You know, so it's uh, it's interesting in that respect. And that inventory data came out after the Fed uh, made their move. And, you know, it just was was not good. And another uh, another observation. So, you you know, you were talking about how he said um, he wishes that there was a painless way. And one of the things that he said several times was like, we know this is really painful. We know this is bad right now. But for the long-term good of everybody, that this is going to be the best thing. And he kept saying, you know, uh, the reason that we had that really long 10-year, 8, 9, 10-year expansion was because they kept inflation low. So from your perspective, is there a greater good here by what they're trying to do? You know, I understand keeping inflation at 2%, but it's never going to be easy when you tell people you're going to have to lose your job. It's just never. And uh, the greater good is we need to make the labor market weaker for it to become better. That's really where we're at right now. And it's just, I mean, we are, we are such a polarized country in terms of the economic discussion where middle to upper class households are doing fine, but lower income households are doing, uh, always struggling with this inflation. It's going to be really difficult when those households are not employed. Uh, so right now, the labor market is still working functioning. I think they, they just go with that until that breaks. If that breaks and they don't turn, there is going to be a revolt on the Federal Reserve <laughs> from both the left and the right in this country. Uh, because uh, if the dual mandate is to facilitate job growth and keep inflation down, and uh, it's not, you know, uh, in this in this sense, telling people that we're going to have to get the unemployment rate higher for our inflation targets to work and not raising their inflation targets either, where 2% could be maybe 3% just to calm things down. Uh, I think people are starting to call them, when do you know you're going you're done? And they're talking about 12 months inflation uh, uh, looking out there. So they, they feel like they're almost there, but you, you're, you're almost at the point to where you're, you're thinking, are, are you, you really actually do believe that you're overshooting at this stage. So with their new, you know, what, what they want unemployment to be at, how many jobs does that mean lost from where we are now? I mean, to, to me, when I, look, when I look at that, it reminds me a lot of two after the tech bubble bursted. So we're looking to me about 1.3 to about 2.4 million jobs lost, which in the big picture isn't that much. But the thing is that that unemployment rate has to stay. Now, I think they, they feel like the unemployment rate is fine, even at 5%. So this is where people disagree with the Fed because they say that you to, you you should be running, uh, uh, you want mostly everyone employed. I think the Federal Reserve is starting to change. Hey, listen, 5% unemployment is good because wage growth slows down. So I think that that's where they're at. To me, it's like they 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 want they don't want businesses to have to pay up for people. They're worried about wage inflation, wage spiral inflation, and then the the cost goes to the the consumer goods to uh, offset the labor. So you're looking at something mild compared to, of course, what happened to COVID. But 
I don't know. It just, to me, as soon as I saw the 4.4% unemployment rate rise and to think that that that's not going to happen because the labor force is going to be coming back. Um, boy, that's, I mean, they're really, they're really telling you it's a recession, right? Cause la- all my six recession red flags are up. The only thing I'm, I'm left is unemployment claims and job openings, which leads to job losses. So for now that's, I mean, once that occurs, we're in a recession. Growth is slowing down. That's what they want. Um, so we are talking about uh, how much how much pain are they going to let that happen until the uh, uh, Federal Reserve turns on that. There were lots of questions in the in the Q and A session after the Fed announcement that really tried to pin them down on some of these things, right? And you know, one of the hallmarks of being the Fed chair is you have to be able to say something without saying something and not get too specific in the, in this case. So I think one of the things that um, somebody said was like, uh, like you said, how do you know you got there? How do you know we're there? And I do think that he really pointed to the labor market being one of the factors that they're really going to be looking at. You know, when I when I think about the main question is the unemployment rate getting toward 4.4 to 5%, they're fine. Uh, so that means economic growth could be decelerating and jobs could be lost and they will actually be okay with that. Um, but they also say, we know when we're doing our jobs, when the inflation 12 month outlook starts to get, you know, much lower noticeably. A lot of this has to do with rent inflation too. So energy prices, they really can't do anything about, but rent inflation, they really can't do anything about either. That's a 2023 story. So I think 2023 really sets up to be something uh, uh, very historical in the sense that can the Fed keep rates high enough without causing a recession or does the bond market call the recession on for them and they have to start cutting? They are very adamant that they're not going to cut next year, You know, uh, even to the point where some Fed members say, listen, if recession is here and inflation is high, we might not cut. They're starting to get into some really weird language where people are like now looking at them like, okay, that's different. Uh, so I think a lot of a lot of the Fed Q and A questions are now starting. Have you overdone it? Where we're not in that category last year. So there's enough there's enough aggressive rate hikes to where we can start having that discussion. But I think one thing interesting with the mortgage backed securities not not even talking about selling that that to me shows that they kind of okay. Rates at these levels are very restrictive. Financial credit market is tightening in the sense that uh, the, we're no longer easing anymore. We don't like financial conditions easing. They don't want rates to go down. They don't want the stock market to rally. But they will not sell the MBS, which to me means they have limits to where they want to um, to go uh, on that point. Because to me, if inventory is not growing you know, and sales are declining and the housing construction cycles over. And then eventually that leads to jobs decline. And then when people say housing needs a correction, well, when have we not had a housing correction or in a recession? Usually that, you know, the housing cycle is the business cycle. So that's why, you know, my recession red flag is that, you know, we raised that in June. Other people are saying the same thing. So I think it gets, every Fed meeting from now on, looks like to be, when do you know you've done enough? When in the economic data do you see where you turn? I still believe they will flip 
once the labor market turns on them because they've been very aggressive and they've been using the labor market as their cover. And so far it's worked. But uh, I think once that turns, they turn with it. Any prediction on when that happens from you? So when we're talking about predictions on when that could happen, the last time I had my six recession red flags up were 2006, late 2006. The recession started in 2008. Uh, credit started to deteriorate already in 2005 and six, seven, and eight. So we don't have that credit deterioration yet on households. So if the household balance sheets uh, ha- have kept this, you know, retail sales and dur- durable goods spending still firm. Uh, usually what happens is interest rates go up, credit card interest rates go up, uh, the dollar gets strong, the economy is weak around the world. You know, that will lead to corporate profits falling down. And usually that's where you get layoffs. So Considering how fast the rate hikes have been, you know, uh, uh, literally 2023 would have to be your first uh, uh, point. If this had been a slow process, you know, you could string that out higher. But, you know, they they went fast for a reason. And they're already forecasting 4.4% unemployment. So they're already forecasting a recession next year. Um, if, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. If you go from 3.5% to 4.4% and growth is slowing – already you've had two negative gdp quarters you might have a third one here and then you lose jobs that's a recession right so uh if they're forecasting it for next year then then you go with that because that's that's what they believe or that's what they want remember the federal reserve is all about pain right they're here for pain 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 you had talked about them as like a junkyard dog that like is all bark and no bite that, you know, yeah, they'll bark at you. But once you if you jump the fence, they'll, they'll lick your hand or whatever. What did this Fed announcement and then the Q&A period, did it did it reinforce that for you? Or what was your takeaway um, on what you'd already kind of characterized them as? You know, if if the labor market starts to get weaker, and they've talked about job openings data and, and jobless claims, if they if it gets weaker and they don't turn, then they they really meant like we really want you guys to suffer. We're not kidding, right? Our job is harder when you guys are making more money and you're spending, so you have to do it less. So in in that regard, if they don't. If they don't turn because of the labor market's getting weaker, then then I got that wrong. But they are very, very adamant about the labor market is strong. The economy's growth is below trend. That's what they want. They keep on talking about that. We want below growth trend. Well, we're already there. We've got two negative quarters. The third one could possibly be negative as well. So they got that part. But it's just the labor market. And if they're telling you labor unemployment rates going to go to 4.4% next year, they're forecasting a recession next year. So you and I were listening to this in a room full of mortgage bankers um, when they announced. And, you know, for the mortgage industry, this is just rough, right? Rising rates is is no friend for them. So how high do you think rates are going to go? Well, currently, you know, the 10-year yield is much higher. We've got some world issues right now where other countries might be selling our bonds as well just for this currency situation. So... I, I know the mortgage-backed security market got better after the announcement, but you know if we're if we're looking for more aggressive Fed talk, I, I I just think at some point the bond market flips to the other side. So I know depending on who you listen to with mortgage rates, some people have it at six six and a quarter now. Some people have it, you know, uh, uh, above six and a half percent. 
you know, for us to make another leg higher, eventually that bites enough where things start to turn. Now, some of the inflationary data is actually getting better. The growth rate of, you know, freight costs, you know, went up to like $13,000. It's it's come down a lot, like 65, 75%. You see some inventory knockdowns by consumers. Uh, so there's some, some of the, some of the growth rate of inflation is starting to, to, to cool off from its very toward pace, but the rent inflation won't do it in 2022. That, that'll keep on growing until 2023. The fact that they said, you know, mortgage-backed securities, we're not going to sell it. I mean, I never kind of believe that anyway, but they're kind of already telling you rates are high enough to do what we want. So it really depends on how the economic data holds up. If the economic data starts to get worse in terms of labor and stuff, bond market goes down, rates should go down. Uh, rates are high enough now with with some kind of duration that you could possibly get some refinancing going on. But it it, it again it it all falls to that tug of war. Job market, Fed, inflation rates, right? Uh, the Federal Reserve will use the job market as its you know. Uh, it's doorway to keep being hawkish. When that turns, I still think they turn. If I'm wrong, then then they will basically say, we don't care. Jobs are going down. We have to kill inflation. So uh, I, I'm still always in the camp that when that turns, the bond market will turn with it and the Fed will be trying to play catch up at that point. Well, let me ask you one question uh, that's not the Fed, and that is, what is the next report that you're looking at to, um, what's the next big economic report that you're going to be paying attention to? So the new home sales report is next. And again, this is the new home sales sector went, you know, went into recession very early. The builders are done building. Their job is to basically sell off whatever homes they have under construction. Uh, So we just want to kind of an update on that. Of course, it's different. You know, the existing home sales market has, you know, 3.2 months of supply. The new home sales market has 10.9 months. So you have a very wide gap. And again, there's a difference between like a new home sales seller who just has to sell a product. They don't care about shelter because they don't live in the homes where an existing home sale market has a seller has to obtain a form of shelter. Two different marketplaces in terms of inventory channels. It's negative for the builders. Right, so the builders have a much harder problem than existing home sellers because existing home sellers do not have to sell their home. Uh, the buyer is more stressed than anything because their total cost of housing. So the new home sale market to me is how much of those homes that have they sold off? Uh, what are they looking at in the future? What's the monthly supply? Have they budged at all for any of those homes that have not been on construction? I doubt it. The, the housing completion data looks very uh, not much growth happening there. So we'll, we'll we'll see. That's that's the next housing uh, report that I'm looking at, and then of course when we uh, go in the future, the job jobs data is next. But jobless claims have fallen the last few weeks. We're almost back to, in fact, jobless claims are lower now than any period from 1970 to 2019. So it's the labor market is still moving on, and again, part of this is there's no Dorian Gray labor market, so job openings are high. Places that need young people to replace older workers, they're having problems. So uh, it's a much different marketplace than what we saw after 2008. So you're looking at the jobs report. We know the Fed is going to be looking at the labor data. So definitely um, we'll keep us updated there. But Logan, thanks so much for being on as always.
have the 2022 housing market forecast changed? Or how is the industry navigating the shift to a purchase-driven market? HousingWire's premium content program, HW+, answers questions like these and offers a variety of member-exclusive benefits that are tailored to what you need to stay competitive and agile in today's fast-paced market. Go to housingwire.com forward slash membership to join today. With your HW Plus membership, you get access to longer-form digital content, the HousingWire magazine, member-exclusive rates to in-person events like HousingWire Annual, and more. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show and leave a comment. And make sure to tune in tomorrow for more news and insight.